Tony, you know what's really exciting about um about this podcast? What's going on, brother? It's the partnerships that we've had, and and coming up in May, all of our partnerships are going to be under one tent, dude. Yeah, I, I'm so excited. I mean, this is I think the first time ever, right? That we're able to combine everybody together, and it's awesome, and, right? And so while we're at Hair Love Retreat in May, um, we're gonna be we're gonna be there with Schedule City. We're gonna be there with Salon Skills, and of course we're gonna be there with Hair Love Retreat. So we're really mega excited about that. And um, we have Elizabeth here, and Elizabeth is gonna tell us like all the details because Schedule City, in the very Schedule City way, they're doing a Schedule City Cares um, giveaway. Yeah, they're gonna give away a ticket to uh, Hair Love Retreat, and uh, Miss Elizabeth Faye is gonna give us all the juicy details. Welcome, Miss Elizabeth. Hey, babies. Um, so I'm so excited. Schedulicity is so generous to do this. Anyone can enter, even if you've bought a ticket, it doesn't matter. It's chosen at random. So if you head over to our Instagram at Hair Love Retreat, we have in our very Hair Love way, a really fun way to enter the giveaway. It's super easy. The more you enter, the more chances to win. And it's a freaking free ticket. So holy shit, what a huge scholarship. So go ahead and go enter. Wow, that is awesome. What a great opportunity to win this ticket. I know, like like just just between Schedulicity and Hair Love Retreat, they're trying to bring all the love together. We love them. We can't wait to see them on, on May in the first week of May. Yep. And we can't wait to see you guys there as well. Can't wait to meet the scholarship winner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tony. What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedulicity Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And with Schedulicity Pays. Yeah, and Schedulicity Pays was huge. Enormous. Yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah, no I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for $0.10 cents a, a swipe. I mean, you do your research. You can't find better. No, and a free card reader. And a free card reader, that's right, <laughs> which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah, and also we want to bring to the family. Yeah, so uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn you you uh, you you forward to your to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor. You know, you charge X amount. You know, per per hour, and then you're also um, charging for your product. But they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using. And, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you, right? So, like, I know, for instance, like, 
I was way undercharging like for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing. So now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using and, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that, um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Uh, another day in paradise. Yes, it is. You know, you're at that paradise is in London today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, are, we, are, we do have a call all the way from London today. We're really mega excited. Um, She's the knowledge bomb queen, dog. Yeah. She knows her stuff, man. She does. And like, it's, it's funny, like, you know, even if you like, if you look at like Instagram followings or you look at followings, um, you know, uh, let's just let the cat out of the bag. Today we're talking to Sophia Hilton and Sophia again, 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 exactly. My bestie, our, our bestie, <laughs> yeah. our bestie. She's definitely our bestie. But if you look at like, well, um, you saw he, he was about to replace me again. right? <laughs> <laughs> if Sophia would only sit in your chair, you'd be gone, brother. <laughs> so, so when we talk about Instagram followings, you know, there, there's a lot, there's two different types of followings as far as I, I I've seen. And that is like you get like these mega followings, you know, that that a lot of people um, that a lot of people follow. And then there's this other like not better or worse, but just different following. And Sophia has it. Uh, Tabitha Coffee has it. Gina Bianca has it. And that's that. It's not just a following, but it's, it's a like a cult, cult following. following. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. Hundred you know? percent, and whatever they say, man, their followers are in, you know, hook, line, and sinker. It's like they've got the real engagement and the real hook. I mean, whatever. I don't know what they've done, and maybe in one day we'll uh, we'll get the secret behind that. But man, those three, you know, they just they they've got they've got the cult. Yep. So uh, we we're definitely cult members. You know, yeah. we we definitely listen to Sophia and, and hear what she has to say. On all of them, really. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, so Sophia was kind enough to come back and um, she's such a she's such a knowledge bomb dropper that we don't even really know what we're talking about. She's going to kind of uh, tell us what we're talking about. And I guarantee it's going to be spectacular. A hundred percent. Ready? Let's do it. Let's do Ready? It. So, Miss Sophia Hilton, welcome back to your day off. Hi, guys. So nice to be here all the way from London. So nice to have you, man. How's Here's the weather there? 
Oh, it's pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like I'm in London because it's it's overcast, little chilly, rainy, uh, rainy. Yeah. That's yeah. What we yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Anyways, anyway. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I'm looking out the window. That's what made me think. London. Okay. <laughs> it is kind of overcast and foggy and stuff. Sophia, what are we talking about today, ma'am? Well, I, I'd really like to talk about something that's been cropping up over the last few years for me, and it's understanding why people are not really going into the classroom. Why are people not getting educated? And I've, God, I've spent the last few years trying to work this out, and I think I figured it out, and I think I'm helping with it. And I, and I really think it's because a lot of hairdressers, we, we went into hairdressing and barbers because we hated school. Mm-hmm. And the classroom environment is school and a lot of us dyslexic dyspraxic or whatever and that that's kind of got such i don't know what was it like for you guys like did, I, I, there's a lot of like you know negative vibes for a lot of hairdressers in that environment and they a lot of them don't want to go back to that what mm-hmm. do you think of that i mean I, I definitely and you know just through our experience through the podcast and i think it's fair to say that you know we have a lot of people that weren't like academic you know mm-hmm. it's rare it's rare mm-hmm. when you find the academic that then gets in the industry yeah i mean even even going through hair school, I mean, just like high school, Corey and I cheated our way through. <laughs> <laughs> they might take a license, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I don't know how it works in every state over there, but in order to keep your license, you have to keep up with your education. Is that right? Yeah, some states require that. Some states don't. Okay. And, um, and then there's a big movement right now that's going on that um, states are actually removing the licensing process. Right. So we're not licensed in the UK. Um, so there isn't any requirement to continue with education. Um, and what I found is the educators of the UK and probably the world, they tend to educate the same people. There's people that love education. They're always yeah. on education. They're always improving. But what about the, it's literally like 95% of them aren't there. It's the same 5% on repeat that feel comfortable, but the rest of them don't. And I'll tell you how this happened because my mum's a hairdresser and with the greatest respect, she, I think she went on a Paul Mitchell course 20 years ago or 15, yeah, maybe 20, 15, 20 years ago and not really ever anything since. And I used to get really frustrated with her and I used to be like, why, why do you not want to improve? And I started to understand or, or, or know a little bit more about my mom's anxiety and how she gets really nervous and, and like a medical anxiety walking into the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always, I don't know, I always thought she was lazy or, you know, I don't know, I, just, I was like, why would you not want to be better? As someone that's obsessed with education, that was just mad. And the more I started to understand of how nerve wracking that environment is for people to go in, I started to stop looking at people going, well, you're just lazy, you don't want to improve. And I started to think, maybe it's our fault as educators. Why is that environment so scary for people? And why are we not changing the environment so that those people want to come in? Because they're worthwhile people and they're great hairdressers, but the environment's just too scary. You know what? As you're saying that, I'm totally seeing it because even on a skill level, we're all different skilled. And so like, just like a regular classroom, right? You always got the, the, the smart kids that always raise their hand and they speak. And most of us will sit in the back and we'll just, you know, kind of listen yeah. in, right? And same yeah. with these classes, right? And that's, that's wow. Yeah, that's, so, that's I don't know what it's like here, but in the UK, a lot of the education is in these beautiful big academies. And for years, the idea was to make those academies look as professional as possible. So what I think is quite funny about the industry is, I don't know, this is my impression of it, that we weren't seen as a particularly intelligent industry and that we were dying to be like 
you know, we're, we're professional, we're fantastic. And we tried to professionalize everything, but we went a bit over the top with the professional. It is totally possible. You can be completely awesome at your job without having to be really clinical and grand. You can be casual and still great, but I think it was an overcompensation for the fact that we want to be seen up there with academic careers. So all of these academies, they're just so lavish and they're terrifying. And you go, you, you get there and the lady comes out with a clipboard and you wait in this big corridor and I don't know, that they, they really scared me. So I think that's why with Not Another Academy, I tried to, well, with Not Another Salon as well, I tried to get rid of the professionalism in the best way possible. Right, 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 right. Sure, 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 I'm with you. To make people feel more comfortable. So professionalism is one of our values as a company, but not professionalism professionalism in the way that makes anybody feel intimidated or that they need to behave a certain way you know but I I I certainly see that with um older stylists that maybe haven't been on education for a long period of time that's even worse for them because if you haven't been in education for god knows how many years and then you walk into a classroom and there's a 20 year old could do it better than you you're not going to go on education again I mean, you know, Sophia, just to be honest and frank with you, I mean, like, you know, I kind of grew up in the in the like baby light highlight era, you know, so like even when we moved to like balayage or even vivids, like especially balayage, because balayage is kind of it's not coming off. The look is coming off the ends of the hair, not on the roots of the hair when whenever we did five. So it took me a long time to like visualize past that. I mean, I I, even doing balayage, I still wanted to kind of take those fine, like those fine, like baby fine sections, which then would like create create spots and create and I just it took me a while to kind of understand that that I have to work ends to roots as opposed to roots to ends. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100 percent. So most things in life, in business, in technique, everything's an evolution of something else. But right now, everything that's being done is fuck all to do with what was being done ages ago. It's like hot fruit, brand new. So right. it's really hard. A balayage is nothing like highlights. It's like a freehand balayage. So it's, it's not even like you can use those skills and build on it. It's suddenly like, you know, someone comes off maternity, they've been away for two years, mm-hmm. and then everything's changed. And that's really scary. Oh, I'm still, I'm still terrified. You know, it's like, I still don't, I still don't approach a balayage with the same confidence that I do, you know, like a foil um, highlight, just because, you know, I've been doing that for 30 years, you know, I've been slapping foils in. Totally. And I I definitely, I I run a course for post-paternity. So people coming out, um, coming back into work and that usually they'll come back into work and the junior that used to pass up to them now knows a little bit more about the techniques than they know. And it's such a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and they're already lost a bit of confidence anyway because of this new mom. They're like the whole, and I'm a new mom, so I can relate to that. So what I've been trying to do recently is trying to find maybe a slightly older stylist or a stylist that maybe has just lost confidence for whatever reason, could be medical anxiety or something else, and then maybe someone that's been on maternity or someone that's worked in a certain salon that maybe hasn't moved as fast. All of these tiny little pockets of people, and I want to be like, it's all right, please come back to the classroom we're nice, we can look after mm. you, you know, I don't, I love the, the, the ones that love education and they're back to back, but so, someone else can look after those, I mm. want to take all the forgotten ones everywhere, they're my students, they're the ones I love, mm. you know, God, I, I love in. I know, I'm in too, you know, it's interesting too, Sophie, and, and Tony and I, we talk about it almost every time we do these events, is that, you know, we travel around the country and we get to do these, like, great big events, we're, we're, we're so blessed to be able to do that, but, you know, kind of as a joke, and I actually never saw it all as a negative until right now, not that it's a negative necessarily, but it's just, it's poignant, 
is that we would make the joke that look at this, it's the same faces at all these events. You know, so you're right. So that is the five percent that are at all these events, and 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 there is the whole ninety-five percent that, yeah. that that's not there. And by the way, this conversation that we're having today, all the brands are having internally because we hear it. You know, we hear it, and and, and what we've heard, consistent, they feel it. They they're mm -hmm. definitely feeling it, and and you know, the consistent talk that we've had with the manufacturers and the brands over the last year is that, yeah. is that, is that attendance is down and, and why is that? And, and, yeah. and how can they bring attendance back up? You know, I had a conversation with an artist recently and this person said, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, there's older stylists, they're falling behind. It's their own fault. Like they need to get themselves back into education, blah, blah. And this person's like a really well-known educator, like really high up. And I said, well, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's your fault. Because if they don't feel comfortable to go on your courses, what are you doing wrong? Like, mm. Why won't they step into your classroom? If you're a good educator, you need to make everyone feel that they can be with you. And I worry that there's a lot of glamour around educators, you know, what you wear and like to be this, it's become a celebrity status. Well, it, it has been for years, but that, then we're only connecting to that 5%. You know, what about everyone else, you know? Mm. So how do you, I mean, I guess, you know, to put it back on you, like, what are you doing? You know, not just saying like, I'm for the other 95%. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing to help that 95%? Well, how are you getting the messaging courses, out there? So, yeah, we've launched courses for hairdressers. It's called Colorist's Anxiety. Um, so it's not necessarily medical anxiety. I can't help you with medical anxiety. You need to come see a doctor, you know. Um, but I can help you with things that you can do on the salon floor to take the pressure away. The first thing to take any kind of anxiety on the shop floor away is to just educate yourself back to back. Because the more you know, the more confident you'll be. Um, I do this thing of like a confidence bubble, like a bit of a circle, you know, and everything you know is in that circle. And when you pop out of it, you know what that feels like. It's like that moment when you're a bit worried about a color, so you do a little drive-by at the base of when something's <laughs> it, and you're like looking down, like and you, suddenly you see it, and it's not quite the tone you want, and you just want to throw up on yourself. I still get that. Um, or you're blow drying and that moment you blow dry, you just bring that. I, I, I get this now. I still get this. And you just blow dry it down and you're like, shit, it's just it's not what you expected. And then there's this sick feeling. And then what I tend to do is I put my bum to the mirror so she can't see for another couple of seconds while I work out what the hell to do. And you have that little meltdown. Um, and then I usually go and pretend to get a product, even though I don't need one because I need a moment in my own mind, you know? <laughs> so there's all these little things that we do. But um, the first thing I think is you need to invest such a large amount of your income back into education. And if you're self-employed, you need to sit down every year with a pen and paper and go, how much am I willing to give? And you need to put a budget down on a piece of paper. Not, oh, this course looks good. Oh, but I'm going on holiday this month. Maybe not. That's not going to work. You say, I earn X amount of thousands per year this many thousand will be education and you allocate that out and it's not your money and you need to put it in a separate bank account mm. that'll stop the sick feeling um but i've got some little tips something that i do that i find quite helpful so like with a toner say for example i'm mixing up a peach toner okay and you know like sometimes with these these types of colors they can go a bit either way you know depending on the hair they might end up going a little bit more pink a little bit more you know i don't know that it's not a certain, it's not your certain work, is it? So you mix up a bit of a peach toner and I'd always say to the client, okay, Claire, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix up this peach toner just a little bit lighter than what you need. And, um, and, and she'll probably say something like, oh, thank you, Sophia, you know, I don't want to go like, 
too bright or whatever. And you say, no, no, no worries. You know what? We can always go stronger. So I might have to do two toners, but we'll just see. When I go and mix a toner, I mix it exactly the way I think it should be. I don't mix it any lighter. I mix it what I think. But if anything happens, like it's a bit too red, it's a bit too pink, it's a bit too this, whatever. I've got the opportunity to do a second toner without her thinking I fucked up. Mm, so I have a quick genius. look at it. I look at it and I go, do you know what, darling? Let's go a little bit, a bit stronger. And she goes, really? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, come on, let's do it. And I go and mix up and I'm like, oh, a little bit of copper, <laughs> let's do that. And I sort it out. So I do a lot of what I call CYA. Oh my God, let me get it right. CYA. You guys that are listening, I'm doing it with my hands. Um, <laughs> which is cover your ass. So I try to teach a lot of things of how can you can cover yourself. So, so the client doesn't lose faith in you. That's the thing. You, there's this awful moment where they go, oh, why? Sorry, why are you doing that? And you, oh, it's just horrid. It just, it really knocks your confidence, actually. That's brilliant. You're just, you're setting yourself up you know in the future of being able to kind of like pivot that's, yeah that's exactly so-, so we do things like a re-bleach as well so if someone comes in for a balayage or a scalp bleach i will always write down look if your hair struggles to lift i'm going to re-bleach your hair i'm going to reapply on the ends if the hair will take it and it'll be this cost and i charge in advance for it and that way if anything happens the hair is struggling and i have to make any tweaks one she's prepared she knows i'm going to do it because there's nothing worse than walking over to a client, lifting down that foil, seeing that it's not lifted to what you want, going to remix and then her going, oh, oh what's wrong? What's happened? What, why is it? What's the way? No, no. And you know, as well as I do, nothing's gone wrong. It's just, you know, it just hasn't lifted like you, you know, like you expected. But she's already lost faith in you. And there's this moment where she thinks it's going wrong, you know? Right. So we always charge in advance for additional services if it happens. So that when it happens, the client doesn't think anything's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I'm not even a colorist. I'm <laughs> everything, not, I'm not. Is, everything is covered in advance so that she never, ever loses faith in you. Um, she always thinks it's just part of the process. It's just what we do. That's brilliant. CYA, baby. CYA, man. <laughs> CYA, whole, cover your ass <laughs> That might have to be the name of the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sophia Hilton, how to CYA. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's really good. What, um, so do you have any, like, uh, I know that like you're big on meditation and stuff like that. So let's say the shit's hitting the fan. Like, like mm. what are the practices that you can do and whether, you know, usually so in, the, in, in, I, in the, I study, I study a lot of psychology and that comes into a lot of my education. But one of the things, especially when I speak, we've even had um, mental health practitioners come in here and do talks and stuff. And when I speak to a lot of people about mental health and the workplace, one thing they always tell you, because they're used to working in offices, is have a buddy. And when you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, you have a buddy and you have permission from your boss to go and take a walk with the buddy and take some nice deep breaths and, you know, and really clear your mind. Okay, you can do that in the middle of a full head highlights. Probably not. <laughs> so the information they give you is so bloody irrelevant to our industry where you're client facing and you can't move. So... Um, one of the things I do ask my guys to do, I've even got these little candles in my office. They're not real. They're like light up ones. And I tell them that if they do have a gap that they can come into my office and they can literally sit down and you can do what's called a body check-in. So you work from your head. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you work from your head and you're like, okay, so what does the top of my head feel like? What do my eyebrows feel like? What do my cheeks feel like? What does my jaw feel like? And you work all the way down. 
And it's weird, you start to notice all this tension in different parts of your body that you didn't know you were holding. And if you keep taking those deep breaths in and out, you can really, really reduce that. I'm not saying medical anxiety here, but natural anxiety that you're experiencing. And it can be done very fast. My, um, my mentor says you can always do it when you're peeing. There's always time <laughs> So as soon as you sit on the loo, you're literally, you just, in the time it takes, and if you're a boy, you have to sit down. So (laughs) (laughs) my husband always says it's not fair that girls get to sit down. They get to rest their legs and men don't. So you take a seat (laughs) and you breathe in the time it takes you to have a wee. And you know, that might be just one minute, but you can dramatically reduce how active your body and your brain is and how tense it is. And you can bring it down. Oh, it's nice. And you know, I would tell you, this is not enforced by me, um, but they know I do it. Over half of my team do it regularly, which is, which is a really good amount because not everybody needs to be into it. I'm going to force you, you know. Well, but, I, think, um, I, I think too, and, and this has come up a couple of times on the podcast too, is like sometimes as advert, as uh, uh, I'm losing my train of thought, we just need permission. Right. So like your environment probably creates permission to be like, oh, you know what, you can take that, you know, because because I, I certainly know, like, it, if we were to a lot of the salons that we've worked in, if we were like, oh, my God, I just need a meditation break, you know, like, certainly your <laughs> like, no. kind of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they would kind of goof on you. But, you know, because you're creating an environment in which that yeah. is, I would feel much more comfortable being like, you know what, I'm just going to go take a minute. I'm, I'm going to go take a wee as a as a, as a piece, so. It's really interesting. Do you guys smoke? No. No. Okay. So when, when you smoke, what do you tend to do? You, you go outside, you stare into the distance by yourself for a bit and you take, you know, you smoke, right? One of the things that calms down anxiety, be that medical anxiety or just natural anxiety that can happen on a hard day is to, and I quote, leave your environment, especially if it's noisy or active, to stare into the distance and to take deep breaths to the bottom of your lungs. Now think about a smoker leaves the environment, stares into the distance. <laughs> so of course there's habit and there's, of course there's other things with smoking, but actually when they're feeling stressed, that's exactly what they go and do. So if you're not a smoker, you should also be enjoying the benefits of breathing and being out of the environment just for those minutes. And I think it's not fair that the smokers get to do it and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want a non-smoking smoking break. Right. <laughs> I see a huge line in your trying to get to the loo in your salon, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Everyone's like, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> can you imagine Christmas time? <laughs> like nobody yeah. can piss on Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, my God. That's, that, that's such great advice. Yeah. I, I love the breathing technique. Do you, do you have a particular way of how you do it? Or you just, you make sure you just take. Um, there's two ways to think about it um there's more meditation so breathing is a uh, breath awareness is a type of meditation um but it's not meditation really it's just a way of reconnecting with your body for a second working out what's going on inside you um so that's quite easy really because you're keeping focused on something oh my eyebrows and suddenly you'll notice that your eyebrows are really tense my jaw specifically is always really tight like i clench So that's really easy in some ways to follow that because you just check in with a part of your body and that keeps you focused. Normal meditation as it is, is a bit harder because ultimately it is about trying to clear the mind, but that's impossible. The mind just doesn't clear. Have you ever tried it? Yeah. I thought that's (laughs) the way you're supposed to meditate. It's impossible. 
It's impossible. So I think because everybody is trying to think to themselves, okay, I need to not think, I need to not think, and I need to not think, and there's then the disaster. Then you're thinking about not thinking. Yeah, and then you loop. So first of all, you've got to stop trying to win, which is hard for someone like me. Maybe I'm not someone like you, because <laughs> you, you want to win. So what I do is I will just um, take a moment to myself. Um, I use an app actually called Headspace that I really like. But sometimes I can do it without that. And what happens is you just do some deep breathing and a thought will come into your mind. And what you need to do is just be like, oh, all right, I'm thinking about spreadsheets. Okay, cool. I'm just going to let that go. And you try not to engage in the thought. You just go, all right, bye. And for a little while, what I used to have to do is I used to get, this is a bit random. I used to get the thought and like blow it into a balloon. And then I'd tie the bottom of the balloon and I'd let it float away. Because sometimes people say when they try and meditate, the more they try not to think about something, the more they want to think about it. Mm. And then two seconds later, not even two seconds, one second later, the next thought comes along. It's like your next client's going to be due soon or something you have to do tomorrow. And then you go, yeah, and that goes. And literally for 10 minutes straight, you do nothing but thought, release, thought, release, thought, release. And that might stay like that for a year. Right. doesn't get any better than that. Right. <laughs> doesn't get any better. That's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. Everyone's waiting for this magical thing to happen, but nothing magical actually happens. Um, well, now, that's the magic, right? Well, yeah, about two years later, one year of doing it properly and a year of kind of being all over the place. Now I get sometimes this little moment where maybe three seconds at a time, my mind is like, it's like I've been rowing, like, and then all of a sudden, I just kind of, you know, you, you know, you let go of the oars and you float just for a little second. I just get that moment of like peace. And then boom, and that, something like hits really? me again. I'm back again. But if you try and only do it for that moment, I think you'll be deeply disappointed because it's just how it goes, really. Have you ever done retentions, like breathing retentions? Like when you holding your breath? Like, like I, I um, for a while I was practicing like the Wim Hof method which was okay. a re re retention. And, and it, was, it was actually interesting because the more I did it, the more difficult it got. Like within the first <laughs> week, I had a four minute and 20 second retention, right? Which meant I held my breath for four minutes and 20 seconds, Ooh, which was wow. actually, which, which for me was very easy. What was hard was three minutes, and right? Because, um, well, one, it's incredibly meditative because <laughs> you have to be on point because if there's, if there's mm -hmm. any kind of like distraction and you have to get really, really mega deep to do it, yeah. Um, but if there's any kind of distraction, it'll pull you right out of it, which by the way, at 420, it was a distraction that pulled me out. I wasn't, I wasn't suffering, you know, but three minutes is more yeah. difficult because that means that there's more distractions in my head. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right? 420 was very, very easy. Three minutes sometimes is, is really, really tough or two minutes can be tougher. A minute and a half. Breath. It's amazing. I do a therapy called breath work, which is where you have to breathe in a certain way and it puts your brain into a very strange place. I mean, God, can I tell you, if you just said anything, anything like this to me about two and a half years ago, I would have been like, hippie shit, not a chance. I'm stupid. I'm a very scientific girl. I like facts. I like all of that stuff. But so much of this is in fact, this is in science. It's real. It's not, it's not hippie shit. <laughs> no, not, as a matter of fact, I mean, that, that's the, if you, do you, do you know who Wim Hof is? No, but I've got he's, he's this Dutch fella. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. isn't it W I M H O F F? Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Vice, Vice TV mm -hmm. or Vice, whatever. Yeah. Vice yeah. did a thing called the Iceman because, um, because Wim, he'd like, sci with science, he, he's, um, he, this, this, this has become a Wim Hof commercial. <laughs> but, like, for instance, he, uh, he climbed, um, Kilimanjaro in nothing but like a pair of shorts. 
You know, he, he ran like a 26. Yeah. And some boots. He ran like a 26, uh, one, ran a marathon like in Antarctica or something crazy with, with nothing but shorts and stuff. Like he has like such like body control. Um, but the coolest thing is, is that, is that through his practice, he's able to teach others how to do it as well. So it's not like he's an anomaly. He's just figured it out. It's really interesting. You're in, you're in, dude. You're totally in and like, you're going to get stuck for about the next six months. Well, I'm on a journey to, I don't know, this is a bit of a secret really, but probably badly kept secret, but I love hairdressing, but I really love all the other stuff as well. And that is probably where I see my life and my career for the future. I'd really like to be able to help people with this sort of stuff because all the career and advice in the world means nothing if you can't get your shit together. If you're struggling with any kind of mental health or just, just, just basically just getting the energy to do things or if you're stressed out or you're confused about where you're going or you don't have direction or you don't have goal. Like if you don't have any of that stuff, um, then that's a secret because if they listen to your first podcast, your heart is all about helping others. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's one of the things that why we fell in love with you is just because you care so much about a human being, you know, the, the people and not necessarily just hairdressers, the people, and, uh, yeah, I really it, like the other stuff because, like, I can I can I can get a, a, an assistant like that I'm training one on one that can't quite understand how to foil or do you have to do this or whatever. But when I re- deep root it down, it's due to the fact that they don't have a belief in themselves. So I can really spend a lot of time trying to teach them to foil, or I can spend a bit more time getting them to believe in themselves. And would you know, then they start to foil. We we're we're focusing very much on chopping the leaves when we need to get like right at the root. Mm. well said well said and i think you know like i for a brief period i was doing some um some one-on-one mentoring and and the the biggest takeaway that i took away from that is how often you know certainly our 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 family or our our school system or our teachers you know how how often did someone just you know look you in the eye and say i believe in you and i believe that you can do this you know and 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 i think that those those simple words yeah. Um, can can be the most powerful too. Now you have to back it up with action and really show that you believe in them. But mm-hmm. but 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 I thought that, that was pretty impactful for you know my journey as a mentor. I think you you never know that that person may not have heard that. Like I'm very lucky. I grew up in a family where my family do believe in me. They support me. Like I think that's so much to do with. I grew up with so much love, so I'm really lucky. Um, but you can over presume that people hear that they don't. Mm. Really I think don't. you. I think you over presume that they don't hear that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think, and I think that that's just the truth that you live with them. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's a whole another podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sophia, uh, there's a there's a really bad rumor that um that you're coming to the U.S. You want to tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. So, um, I'm going to be over in June. Um, I'm in Connecticut with Gina Bianca. So, I've got my own color show, um, in June, and the day before, actually, I'm doing a bit of like a business chat with her as well. So that's going to be really fab. Um, and then I am going over to LA as well. So if you're on that coast, I'm going to do both coasts. But hopefully everything that you've heard today, I'm going to be covering technique and how to get better as a colorist. Um, but also a little bit more behind that I'd like to I'd like to teach as well. So I'm so excited to come over. I really am. Um, hopefully we can make it up there. Yeah, no, international yeah. badass. That's what uh, she is, right? Yep. International yeah. badass. Absolutely. And, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a big trip. It's an expensive trip, so I don't know if I can come super often, but if it goes well and, you know, and everything goes well and everything sells well, then why not? I could be your new neighbor. 
that's so awesome. We, that's what I'm talking about. We, we're we're trying hard to get up there. Um, uh, Gina said we're allowed to crash her class if we if, if we want to, if we can do. Um, and we we certainly will try to try to crash that because we really want to get up there and just just to meet you and just to give you like a you know awkward American hug or something. Right. But that's cool. So okay, so you're doing the class with Gina and you're doing it in LA. Where can one find tickets or find information about that? So if you just go on notanother.com. On Not Another is where all the brands are. I've got my Not Another. I've got a social media company. We've got the salon, and we've got the academy. Just click on the academy, and all the tickets are there. Perfect. Sophia Hilton, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon. And we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.